Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta. And I'm Simone. And get ready to get your sex smarter and your smart sexier because this week we got one of my favorite people in the world in the house. Her name is Miriam Issa. She's a dear friend of mine. Miriam Issa is a YouTube personality in the Clever franchise. She's a regular host on Cheat Day, which is a show about chicks who can eat. And she's a former correspondent for E! News. Uh, Also, when she's not busy being fucking fabulous, she's a civil rights activist, a self-identified social justice warrior, and she just spent two months in Europe making new friends by going to Game of Thrones mixers. That's that's right. That's what brings us all together. G-O-T. And I had the pleasure of meeting Miriam at the Slut Walk this past weekend. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what prompted this whole episode. So Nicoletta and I went to Slut Walk, uh, which is Amber Rose's event that is about is anti-slut shaming and anti-violence against women. And the premise is that you can dress any fucking way you want and call yourself a slut, but it does not mean that you're asking to be raped or that you're inviting any kind of sexual contact. Exactly. That's right. And Miriam decided to go because... I am starting my own podcast, whoop, and whoop. our pilot episode is about the word slut. And if we, we can reclaim a word that has been used to oppress women for so many centuries. Mm. The evolution of the word slut. Like, what role does that word now play in our lexicon and in our culture? So, well, it's so funny that that's the premise of your episode, of your podcast. Because that's, that's the what premise we're doing of, here. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we know about the history of the word slut? Well, Miriam told me at Slut Walk that the word slut originally meant like a slovenly woman, like a dirty woman, a woman who was unkempt. And in preparation for this episode, I took out my trusty, well, I didn't take it out because it's fucking giant and it was on the internet and I used my LA, my Los Angeles Public Library membership to access it yes. free of charge. Shout out LAPL. Wow. Uh, the Oxford English Dictionary. And for our listeners who don't know what that is, the Oxford English Dictionary is not your typical dictionary. It's a dictionary that actually retraces word usage. It provides a definition, but it also goes back to the first time that a word was used and instances throughout time. That Simone is really meaning. like sexually attracted to the Oxford English Dictionary. I, I want to fuck it. <laughs> yeah. What's the word that you label yourself as? A sesquipedalian. Boom. Yes. Sesquipedalian means you really like big words. Or it just means a big word. So I think Miriam, I mean, we kind of have like all representations of how we feel about the word slut um, on this podcast today. Very different representations, yes. Yeah, because I think I myself am someone who is saying like, yes, let's reclaim it. This is a word that I like and I don't mind using to describe myself. I think, Simone, where are you at? (sighs) I'm like unsure. (laughs) I want to use the word slut because as we'll probably get into much more later on, it's a word that's been levied against me for a lot of my life. And I kind of see the appeal in reclaiming it and saying, yeah, so what if I am? I fucking claim that as my own. And then Miriam feels a little differently, right? I do. How do you feel? (laughs) So first of all, the word has several different definitions. Mm -hmm. So there's the original slut, which was, you know, an insult, a disparaging term, about women who had too much sex or who were too sexual, which is a myth. And I certainly don't want to reinforce that myth. Like there's no such thing as a woman who's like too sexual. Right. Well, actually in origin, the word did not have a sexual connotation at all. It was just like a messy. So So when I say say originally, I mean originally during my lifetime, not like 400 years ago. You're talking (laughs) to a linguistics nerd. You haven't been alive for 400 years? (laughs) You look so good fact, for 400. Before you go to this fun fact, the first appearance of the word slut was in 1402. And it meant a woman of dirty, slovenly, or untidy habits or appearance. So 
1402, the author T. Hockleave, in Letters of Cupid, talked about the foulest slut of all a town. And she was just like, a dirty person. Which you very adorably admitted that you might be the very original definition of slut. <laughs> Simone is a dirty person. See, I see. I feel like when I'm being the slut, like it's nice to clean off in between sexual partners. Oh yeah. So I don't know. In between sexual oh, yeah. partners, baby, <laughs> a little slut bath. So I, do I don't know like if I'm slovenly. Bath. I'm like a very no baby wipe that vag. Yeah, dirty girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait. So come back to it. So you want first of all want to dispel so, uh, the myth. Well, yeah. So first, th- there's something confusing about the word that. There are multiple definitions for the word. So you have to use it safely because you need to ensure that your audience understands which definition you're using. Mm -hmm. Like language only works if when I say apple, you know I mean apple and not avocado. So there's the other definition of the Mm -hmm. disparaging term against women. And then there's like the very new definition of the word slut, which I think is how most of us in this room use it, which just means like naughty. You slut. Yeah, like shamelessly sexual, not shamefully sexual. I'm totally down with that definition of the word. And I've called myself that. But I mean, I guess it's up to the person to, to define how they want to be called and defined. Totally. And if you were to say, ooh, I fucked two guys today. I'm such a slut. I would know which version of the word you're using. But when you attend an event like the Slut Walk, Mm -hmm. which isn't just an event for self-expression, it's also an event where women are actually trying to move the needle and teach people about women's right to sexual autonomy. And consent. And consent, absolutely. But then you're using a word that the audience might misinterpret what you mean, Mm -hmm. then I think you run a really big risk of actually reinforcing the very myth that it's based on. Mm. Yeah, I I, I could definitely sense that at the slut walk, right? So we are all choosing to identify as sluts, but when it's a word that to our quote-unquote opposition means a very specific derogatory word, what Mm -hmm. does the word actually mean? Like how can a word have a meaning when the people that you're trying to change, like to convince that it means not what they think it means, they think the total opposite. Then yeah, like we're they, also magnifying it at the event, not saying like we're not being ourselves and aren't being authentic. We might actually be being truly those things. Um, but I think magnifying it with like what we're wearing and being like proud slut, it's really like throwing it in, I guess, the opposition's face and perhaps adding to that stigma. Is that what you're saying? Or at the very least, adding to the confusion. The confusion. Like, I don't think they know that we mean we are embracing our shameless sexuality. I think they think we mean we are embracing our shameful sexuality Mm. because we haven't Mm. even debunked the very myth that there is something, the myth that female sexuality is shameful. So I think we actually have to go to the root of the problem and debunk the myth before we, can we reclaim the word. Reclaim the word. And I also I want to bring up a second point about the word slut. At the slut walk, women kept saying they were proud to call themselves sluts. Mm-hmm. To keep the word in the paradigm of proud versus ashamed, uh, I, I hmm. think it's still in the world of shame. So for example, I'm not proud of my sexual expression. It's just a fucking thing. Like Mm -hmm. when I'm hungry, I eat. When I'm sleepy, I sleep. And when I'm horny, I fuck. I'm not proud of eating. I'm not proud of sleeping. And I'm not proud of fucking. And I'm also not ashamed of those things. They are completely devoid of virtue value. Oh, wow. So what is there to be proud of, right? 
Our minds are blown like the dicks that we said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it was I really like that. That's so interesting. It was interesting because a, a friend that we went with to the slut walk um, sent out an invitation to a bunch of our friends, like 20-something women, uh, to come join. And some people had came. A pastries, pasties, and glitter party before yes. we went. Oh my god! I know. I wish you would have joined us, but that. we can do that. Like it doesn't have to be slut walk. We can have a pastry, pasty, and glitter <laughs> Any party. Any day, anytime. <laughs> but uh, she said that she got some like negative responses of people who mm. didn't want to go and were sort of offended that she reached out and were like, "Come to the slut walk." Like, oh no, that's not really my thing. Again, it's confusing, and I'm pretty sure that the women who had a problem with the label slut walk. Mm-hmm are women that agree with sexual empowerment for females. Mm. So what is the the gap here? Like, what's the disconnect? Oh, and that's fuck. the thing we're not addressing. Well, it's probably the weight that the word carries. Like you said, there's a, yeah. there is a history of the word, not just in our lifetime, but before that. Yeah. And someone, um, someone said something interesting to me one time that I really liked the comparison and that intention doesn't help the person, you know, who it affects. So if you're saying, well, my intention wasn't to mm-hmm. pour this hot coffee all over you, that person, doesn't really help the person who's sitting there burned with scalded coffee all over them. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. Oh, it's just so frustrating because part of me is also like, I know language changes and evolves and things take on new meanings and, you know, let go of other meanings. But in in researching, like, the origins of this word, it really only came to mean, like, a derogatory word for women at the end of the 19th century. And and that's what—and I mean, I guess that is, like, a long time, but it's really only, like, 20% of the word's existence. And Mm. so part of me is, like, the word— So you don't take, like, slovenly or messy to be— Well, no, because, like— A harmful term? Because you're like, that's me. Well, (laughs) no, I mean, I just, like, don't think it's, like, a—it has nothing to do with, like, making— it can be negative, but it's not negative about being sexual. It's Got negative it. about another thing, right? So okay. it also used to mean like being like an impudent like little girl and like being like devilishly like like kind of cute. Like Samuel Pepys talks about his little girl Susan and says she's a most admirable slut and pleases us mightily about like a kid. Who is Mr. Pepys? Oh, Samuel Pepys. He was an author in the late seven. Uh, he was like a a diarist, like a chronicler of his time. What a great name. Peeps. It's spelled, fun <laughs> fact though, it's spelled P-E-P-Y-S. Whack. P-E-P-Y-S. Peeps. Peppies, but it's pronounced peeps. Mm-hmm. Shout out you're you so, to you. You're so smart. Shout Are out you to you, Mrs. Masoni, who taught us that. <laughs> Something you said to me at Slut Walk, which really has stuck with me, is you were like, slut is a woman who has too much sex, and that's not a thing. So how can a word that means a thing that isn't real be of value? Like how, and that like really fucking stuck with me. Can we come up with some other words that like synonyms that have been used, like for women that have too much sex or like way yeah. more harlot, harlot? I said strumpet, tramp, tramp. What is there anything else? There's so many. Oh, there's words. So many. Ho bag, ho. The old cum dumpster, or, which you know I love. Dumpster. <laughs> there's so many, and can we think of any used against men? Not Casanova, but that's like a. I feel like that's a pot. When I hear Casanova, I hear positive. I hear someone who's like yeah. a ladies' man. Fuck like, that ladies' man or Pl- pimp player. Player. No, it's always women's sexuality that's undermined, and it's yeah. not an American thing, and it's not a Western world thing. It's in every single culture for centuries and centuries. Uh, Scandinavia has some of the most progressive gender dynamics. I don't know if you guys have been there. It is mind blowing. I'm not so familiar. Tell us what you know. 
Well, for example, men get about a year's worth of uh, paternity leave. Oh, paternity leave. leave. That mm-hmm. is true. Uh, it is generally the men that paid hold paternity babies. Leave. Paid paternity leave. Yes. It's generally the men that hold babies when they're in public. The wives are like, I gave birth to this thing. You take care of it. So the men hold babies. That sounds nice to me. And the uh, baby changing room is always in the male bathroom, not in the female public restroom. Whoa. Right? Really? And I was told while I was there that the word uh, slut did not exist in any of the Scandinavian languages. But thanks to Google Translate, I looked it up. And yes, there is. So if even Scandinavia struggles with this label, what are we doing? What do we do about it? Well, I think there's it? a translation for it in every language, it also, unfortunately. It also most likely comes from the Danish slatta, which is Scandinavian. Fun fact. Thank you, you, Oxford you know English Dictionary. Damn, <laughs> French schools or wherever you went, girl. <laughs> I Seriously. Did, I did not do linguistics in high school. Simone is full of all these fun facts, and here I am over here being like, well, no, yeah, this, I'm a slut. This yeah. is like what I'm fucking love. <laughs> I'm the my poster sign, child for American public schools. <laughs> my yeah. sign at Slut Walk said BA in linguistics, BS in slut shaming, which, which my major advisor liked that post on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, She is probably so proud. She, I was, and I did gave her a special shout out. I was like, Shout out to you. <laughs> but can, you. can we go back yes, to yes, the idea yes. of being proud of being sluts or being yeah. proud of our sexual behavior? Here's the part I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. Same way that I'm not proud of eating when I'm hungry or sleeping when I'm sleepy or fucking when I'm horny. I am proud, however, of when you exercise that right in a context, in a society that looks down upon you for doing it. Like facing it on. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you're living in a world that looks down upon you for having sex, then I'm proud of you for having the courage to have sex not proud of you for having the sex. Or for having the courage to be vocal about the fact that you are having sex. This reminds me- That's the part that's an achievement. That reminds me of a conversation that I had in the cafeteria in college. And it comes back to your whole, I eat when I'm hungry, Mm. I fuck when I'm horny. I was eating a cheeseburger at the cafeteria, in the cafeteria. It was fucking awesome. I think it was a double cheeseburger. And I was eating it. Tell me more about the cheeseburger. and (laughs) And this girl goes, you're so brave. And I was like, what? And she was like, I would never eat a cheeseburger in public. Whoa. Whoa. And that just totally, I had forgotten about that conversation until you brought up your thing about like, it. you should be proud of doing something that you that, like shouldn't be doing and being, it's an accomplishment if you're doing it in a world where exactly. you're uncomfortable with it. Exactly. But like, I'm not uncomfortable with eating a cheeseburger in public and I'm also not uncomfortable with like having sex. Exactly. In public. In pu- Def not in public. <laughs> <laughs> Def not uncomfortable with having sex in public. Right. I just want to make sure we're clear. Oh, yeah. We're very clear. (laughs) I wish the laws also supported that. Can you, like, really get in trouble for fucking in public? Yeah, you can. Yeah, like, people have gotten in trouble for fucking in their car. Yeah. I've done so much shit in cars. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, actually not a ton because I didn't have them growing up. But I do remember the first time I fucked in a car, I was like, yes. I was like 22 or something. So I was, I think I was excited for the first time I successfully sexed in a car because there were many <laughs> like awkward times of like seatbelt in your butt. And like, mm. I guess sometimes that's an added fun part, but not always. <laughs> so just, you were, you were saying what you're proud of with that. I think we should all say what we're proud of. I'm proud of. I don't know. I'm proud of like taking my own sexuality and feeling empowered to have it in my own hands and other parts of my body, Mm. Um, but not feeling ashamed to explore that part of myself. But it is frowned upon even by like women. I mean, lots of people in our society. And so to, like you said, to still face that and try to remain confident with it is a struggle sometimes Yeah, because of how it's received. 
On one hand, my brother has very progressive instincts. And then on another hand, the more woke I become as I get older, I actually start realizing how many unwoke, sexist, misogynistic <gasps> things he did to me growing up. Oh my gosh. And look, he didn't mean it. We're all a product of our upbringing and our society. And our culture. I mean, half Especially Cuban, when we're half young. Lebanese here. But uh, half time, Cuban, half Lebanese. I just want to gloss that over. Those are two you. pretty restrictive yeah. cultures. Yeah. In my, in my understanding, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. No, you're not. Unfortunately, you're not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in my home, every time I wore skinny jeans, my brother would say I looked like a slut and I looked like a whore. And I think he was half kidding and I think he was half sincere. But and to hear that from your brother, that's crazy. It's interesting. Even if he was completely kidding, which is possible, I don't want to live in a world where I'm even associated with that myth. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't was, want that in my ecosystem. I was well, talking yeah. to my roommate today about this episode before we were going to do it. And she was like, yeah, like my mom has called me a slut mm. because of clothing. Mm-hmm. And, and then she, I was like, well, what do you mean? She says, well, whenever I'm wearing something, and she said she hasn't done it in a year, but she used to, whenever she was wearing something provocative, her mother would say, you look like a slut. And like, what does that even mean? And she was like, well... Uh, she was saying that you 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 look like you're like wanting to be sexually enticing, and she was like, "Yeah, that's the fucking point. Mm-hmm. I want to be sexually appealing right now. I want potential partners to know I want to fuck tonight, right. and that's okay. But it's so interesting that it's our family that mm-hmm. who is the first people that kind of call us sluts." Well, I struggle with it, and, and I've talked about this on episodes before, but even with posting pictures from the slut walk, like, I wore a very revealing outfit, as did most of the people there. And I still, like, I feel proud about a lot of these parts, but part of me knows that my profession mm-hmm. and other folks and other colleagues in my profession might not be ready for that, or clients of and mine. And can someday use that photo against you. Right. I was so, totally thinking about that, too. Yeah, and so wearing that and getting this judgment of, like, oh, I wouldn't go see this professional because her tits are out. Like, why? Is that fair? And then I had this other interaction. Also, how is it related? Yeah, like what, I mean, I went to Stanford. I went to Pepperdine. I'm getting my PhD. How does- It's like you're smart and like really capable or something. Negate. Yeah, how does the titty top <laughs> negate all of that? And But somehow it still kind of fucking does. Well, I wore this shirt. I had a big backlash recently because I wore this shirt um, that a friend of mine made for a porn star friend of hers, Sasha Gray, and it said, born to fuck on it. Mm. And I wore this shirt and posted a picture about it and asked people, because I had some reactions to it. So I asked folks what they thought about the shirt. And um, one of my supervisors that I work with, um, we spent like 45 minutes in our supervision addressing the shirt. No, And she went around asking everyone in our supervision group, what would you think about a woman if you saw her wearing this shirt? A woman shirt? specifically or a person? A woman. What would you think about a woman if you saw her in public wearing this shirt? And what did people say? Well, and like you were resp- present for these people's response. Like yes. Just kind of put, that is very literal. I mean, I know we're maybe not using the word slut shaming, well, but how, like, how it would that affect is just my, so shaming. I mean, I think well, the I think intention. That was more of a, a social pull yeah. almost, like a social exploration. The intention too was to like, how would this affect my clients? Like what if a client saw me? I think it's important to know. Right, and for me, I said, I think it's grist for the mill. Like, if they had a reaction to a shirt that I wore, we could talk about it and bring it back to what's bringing them in and what's going on. And I said, the reason that, I mean, I'm in this field and I'm wearing a shirt like this and having these conversations and choosing to do this is because of the reaction I just saw here, is because we just spent 45 minutes Mm. deciding if it was okay for me to wear a shirt that is on my body. Mm. 
Wow. I can't. Did they make a distinction between a woman wearing the shirt versus a man in your field? Hmm. Like Not in that I'm conversation, but there might. But do you think there would be a distinction? Like, would it be okay for a man to wear a born-to-fuck shirt? I don't know. I don't think I'd want to see my professional uh, therapist, my male professional therapist wearing that shirt. What about female? I don't have male therapists because I want to fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel about masseuses. I, I think love I feel- a male masseuse. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me too. I like a female masseuse too. I just like massage. <laughs> totally really, really good at getting massages. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Wait, what, how would you feel about a professional female I think I would be more comfortable with a female. I think I would actually be more intimidated by a male wearing it. Yeah, because there is something kind of scary about male sexuality. Like there's yes. something predatorial like, about it. And I, not not and I don't mean like inherently. I mean the way our society sure. has constructed it Culture. is that like that female sexuality when we claim it for our own and are the quote-unquote predators, then that's like scary and wrong and bad. Mm-hmm. But there's something kind of intrinsic to our society's definition of male sexuality, which is like... It's not necessarily consensual. Yeah, like stud, right? Isn't the stud like the bull that fucks all the cows? Or the horse? Is it? The stud is like, a, it's like a farm term for like oh. the male that like... Yeah, the stallion. Yeah, that like does all the fucking. Mm-hmm. And like that's, that's like really sad too. Yeah. And considering that, you know, the stereotype of men is that they lead with their dicks, I wouldn't want to be reminded of how his dick is going to get in the way of giving me objective professional insight. Especially because, mm. like, as an attractive woman, like, you have received, I'm assuming, plenty of unwanted, unintended, unacceptable male sexual attention, especially in professional situations. Oh, tell yeah. Tell us about some of that. Oh, man. I Ooh. worked for a TV network, and I was completely just textbook case sexually harassed by my boss. He took me out to dinner and I won't name the station, but it is a big one. And my boss took me out to dinner and basically threatened to take me off the air. He did it in this really low-key way where he was like, we don't think we have the funding for this show. However, I'm considering you for an even bigger show with an even bigger role. So he's threatening to take away the project I'm on, but then putting this carrot in front of me of an even bigger project. And then after delivering both of those scenarios, he put his hand on my knee. (gasps) And the next thing I knew, his face was going toward my neck and he started kissing me and I pushed him away. And I was like, what are you doing? What's going on? And he said, what are you talking about? Have you been leading me on all these months? Wow. He was like, I was like, how have I been leading you on? And he By started, existing, dear Miriam. You started, should hire my colleague, uh, Dr. Wendy Walsh, and uh, <laughs> who was one of the ones who spoke out against um, Roger Ailes. Bill O'Reilly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really. yeah. He basically referenced all the moments in which I had I, de- I was developing a good rapport with him and telling him how awesome I thought he was. Um, now, this is an old married man with children. I have met his wife before in work events. And so there were just so many lines that he was crossing. I don't condone cheating. I would never contribute to it. I'm not that girl who's like, well, it's his choice if he's going to do it. I mean, he's going to do it with someone anyway. I refuse to be the other woman because I care about the other woman. Um, And so I was so offended and I was so hurt. And he basically told me that it was my fault. I don't understand why men think that if a woman is giving you signs that she likes your character, that she must want to bed you as well. Those are two very different and worlds. And then the reverse of that, sorry, but then the reverse of that, if she does show signs that she wants to fuck you, then she's a slut. Right, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so in his opinion, what what signs were you giving him that you were leaving him I would him laugh on? at his jokes. I would tell him how funny he was. And granted, I was complimenting him because I really liked him as a person. I never touched him inappropriately or, I, I mean, I just, uh, I don't understand. I don't know. I, I don't think friend, it was sexual with him. I had a, uh, I had a person who was so, um, so disappointed because they didn't have a lot of friends in the LA area and they were so excited to finally meet. Um, there was like a guy friend that they made through work and they were so excited that they had met a connection and they had gone like platonically gone to concerts together. And this friend had a boyfriend um, and everything was fine. And like this, this other person knew she had a boyfriend and they were hanging out and doing fun things. And then eventually made a, this person like made a move and, mm. you know, said something that they were, they were interested. Um, and, you know, the person I'm talking about responded with like, no, I don't, you know, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I just want to be friends. I'm not interested. And the person like totally shut them out and was like really upset and didn't understand how all the things they had been doing so far and all the concerts he had taken her Ugh. to didn't mean that there was going to be sex. And that like men or society, I don't know exactly who feels entitled to female sexuality, but there is that. I spend money on you. I take you to dinner. I get to fuck you. I take you to concerts. I get to fuck you. And then there's this whole fear of like this being friend zone thing. Mm-hmm. Like, God forbid you should be in a relationship with a woman who doesn't want to fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's just so weird. But like you said on the other side, if you choose to be like, great, I do want to fuck this person, then what does that mean? So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And I think it's- But only one of them gives you orgasm, so I say do the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in him. Yeah. Uh, or her. Or, right. her. or, or her. her. Or her. Or them. <laughs> oh, that's true. Whomever. We um, try to be as inclusive as we can on this but podcast. But I do feel like the slut shaming comes more from like the heterosexual male to women and like women slut shame other women, but not- not women that they're sexually attracted Ooh, yeah. to. Yeah, let's talk about that because women you have a point that you just want to make. Yeah. Or uh, well, I I just wanted to clarify. This is definitely a thing that men do to women. Women never feel entitled to a man's sexuality. Like God forbid you oh, misunderstand yeah. his signs and you think he's interested in you, and then you say, "Hey, want a bone?" And then they say, "No." You never get angry. You're not like, fuck you. You're like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, you're just embarrassed. <laughs> you never accuse them of leading you on. I would like to. Counter, counter that, that a little Ooh. bit, yes, just yes, with yes. client, not in the the order that you've specified, but whether it's friends or partners or clients that I've worked with, I think there is a cultural pressure um, that women feel entitled to men coming and men's performance. Oh, sure, and mm. men's orgasm. Agree, even men on men on men. But it it is a you know I think I do want to do that justice in saying that I do see and hear and have empathy for this pressure because that is a strong one too. And it's sort of this expectation of like, because we're fucking, if you like me enough or if I'm good enough, that I assume that you will come or you will enjoy yourself by having an orgasm. Or your coming is my validation. Exactly. And it's such a huge weight of pressure that I don't want to say it's synonymous because obviously there is this power dynamic between men and women in Mm -hmm. our culture and society, Mm -hmm. but it is something that I've noticed that I appreciate that you. puts that on, and I am curious. Yeah, I think you're so great in therapy, therapist person for bringing that <laughs> up. Absolutely, like you're very good at bringing. That's that. what I'm here for. But I do, I do also wonder about like, so there is like hetero women on hetero women slut shaming, and I'm just thinking about like mm. the like if within like the queer women community, this kind of slut shaming exists. That's a good I'm question. Like, 
new and exploring mm. my queerness, which we've kind of talked about a little bit on the show. Um, and I don't think it will be like an episode for another time where I figure that stuff out more if we <laughs> talk about it. Maybe this is going to be cut out. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, that's an interesting thing that I want to talk about. So if any of our listeners are queer women and have something to say about slut-shaming within that community, we would love to hear about that. We'd love to hear your experiences and perspective. But I, I mean, I feel ashamed to say that I am definitely guilty of hetero, hetero, or, you know, whatever, woman-on-woman slut-shaming. And it's, like, something that I— Thank you for admitting uh, it. I'm sometimes not even paying attention to. Yes. And I feel like most women I know have been guilty of it to some extent Mm -hmm. or another. And even if it's a small thing of, like, oh, look at that, like, sloppy drunkle over there. Like, just this judgment of Mm -hmm. how we bring each other down, this competitiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sucks. In my case, when I have felt really intimidated by another woman who also happens to be hypersexual, I've called her a slut. And I mean like it about in the OG. Her or to her? No, never to her. Just oh, no, her. I only talk about people behind their back. Okay, good thing. Noted, Miriam. Noted. I say it to their face. Or on podcasts. <laughs> or on podcasts. No, and I've since removed the, the that version of the word from my lexicon. It really is. Like, I... I, I think probably in the past I like slut shamed like my fellow women, mm-hmm. but I like I expunged that word Me from too. my lexicon like a High long five. time ago. Like I, I to the point where when I hear somebody refer mm. to another woman as a slut in a or even a man refer to a, a person as a slut in a derogatory way, I'm caught off guard. The same way when I hear people use the word like retarded, I'm like, how is that a part of your vocabulary still? Like because we words, grew up in the '90s, but like <laughs> I don't know. Like I just like I learn a word as shitty, and I'm like not going to use that word, and then I just don't. And so I like I get really caught off guard. I get really caught off guard and like uncomfortable when. I hear people like calling someone a slut. And I am often wondering, do I confront that person? Do I say like, hey, why are you doing that? Or do I just like let it slide? I don't know. What have you done in the past? <sighs> I see you as a, a confront, confront, oh. <laughs> confrontational person. She is a confronter, <laughs> all right. Wait, what, me? <laughs> oh, Especially yeah. about word use. No, I generally do confront people about word use because I think when I hear someone say like, oh, she's such a slut, I'm like, what do you mean by that? I think I come off it, yeah. Um, I do think that when I hear somebody use the word slut and it seems to be in a derogatory sense, I say, I think I probably do confront them. And I say, what do you mean exactly? And then kind of help them unpacking that word and what they're trying to do. I think it's less about the word and more about the intention. So instead of being like, why are you calling her that? It's like, why is it wrong that she's, I don't know, whatever behavior she's displaying that looks very overtly sexual, why is that a bad thing? Yeah. And I'm not trying to be high and mighty in this. I truly don't remember the last time I slut-shamed someone, so I'm really curious if you two have any recollection of, like, what you may have done or or in, like, like past, even in, like, high school or whatever. Because I'm just, like, trying to think about what we condemn other women for doing. Um, I think I think I have with my, with my schooling, with my experiences, I have— been more aware and more mindful of this, but I can recall times, I want to say like early in college, mm-hmm. um, in shaming women in sororities. Mm. But because they were slutty or because they were in I sororities? Say, well, no, <laughs> because I, they were paying for friends. Sorry. Take it back. Take it back. Well, see, there, there it no, is. No, I know. I was half joking. Yeah. My sister's in a sorority. And I so actually shamed her a fuck ton for it. And I shouldn't. I should let go of it because it's a very empowering organization for a lot of women. I think it was like the soror slut term no. usage and I wouldn't say that was more about like who they were hooking up with and fucking because I was probably doing like just as much if not more but it was more just the shaming of women based on their preferences what they were doing like 
their behaviors. Um, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I got called a slut a lot in college, come to think about it. Really? But you didn't I lose, did not. But like you didn't lose your virginity to like midway exactly. through. Exactly. <laughs> not even midway. Like I yeah. was almost I was 20 years old when I lost my virginity. Woo woo! And did anyone see the new it? Yeah. Uh, you saw. Okay, well, there's a, there's they call there's a young girl in it. They gotta be in like what fourth hey, grade? Hey, spoiler grade? alert. There is no spoilers in this. There is part. a spoiler. That there's a new movie? No, it? about what you're going to say. No, no. Okay, fine. Do it. This doesn't ruin the movie for you. It I doesn't think. ruin the movie, but it is a spoiler. Okay, spoiler alert for the new It. Turn it down for the next 10 seconds if you also, don't want to know. the other spoiler alert is the original It. Um, but anyway, um, there is a young, like, fourth, fifth grade girl in it, and she is called a slut. Right. And, like, the whole town is talking about it, and this person hasn't done anything. Right. So there, you know, people have these assumptions about folks. I know you said you got it for having large chest when you oh were my younger. Oh, God. Yeah, having tits makes you a fucking slut in middle school. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I was, like, relatively sexually active, but, like— But the tits so? is what <laughs> drove the conversation. For sure. Well, I got called a slut just for being a very flirty girl and making out with a lot of people. But I wasn't even having sex. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I do remember that. Like, if you like make out with people a lot, then you were called a slut. But like, that was like part of what college was. Like, you went to parties and you kissed with people, and yeah. sometimes you sucked their dicks. So and sometimes high, you fucked. In high school, um, my friends and I used to go to these like um, I think it was like eighteen and under, or it was like sixteen and over parties. Like, so like young, they were like parties for younger people, like these underage clubs. Shout out to a. Uh, the Deutschman brothers who used to host these. And it was called Seduction or Pearl <laughs> or whatever. There were a couple different names. And we used to have makeout competitions. Whoa. Of, like how many people can you kiss in one night? How many can you kiss in one night of the seduction party? Whoa. Ah, what, what was your top? I think it was like eight. Pretty good. But then in college, I did the, I was the mascot. If I haven't talked about it already, I'm obviously very proud. Um, the mascot at Stanford, in case you're wondering, is a tree. It's a tree. <laughs> and um, we have this night there called Full Moon on the Quad. And it originated because it was a senior would give a rose, or a male senior would give a female freshman a rose the first full moon of the semester. And now it has turned into this free-for-all, pretty much school-sanctioned makeout party where there's, like, DJs and whatever. And Go everyone, Stanford. Right? Stanford's really progressive in a lot of ways, and there's, you know, still a lot of progress to be made <laughs> in other ways. Brock Turner. <clears throat> Brock, you, Brock Turner, fuck you. <clears throat> anyway, but uh, I do love Stanford and a lot of things about it, of course. Um, and there's this night, and everyone wants to make out with the tree on Full Moon on the Quad. Like, everyone. Everyone. Tree? No, the, the person no, no, who's dressed me, as the oh, tree. Or oh, whoever the mascot see, is. Yes, yes. There's like a um, tree costume? Yes, you're in a mascot costume, and so you literally have— is your well, face visible? Uh, yes. Or do you have to like lift up a... You have to lift up a thing and like poke your face out. Okay. But most mascots don't show their identity at right, all. It's like but a big at Stanford, secret. it's different. Yeah. Um, and so on this night, like, couldn't know. it has literally <laughs> become this free-for-all where people have literally made check boxes on their shirt of the types of people they have like made out with. Good like, for them. Got, got a guy, got That's a girl, great. got a football player, got a this, got a that. Got a slut. Got a slut. Like... And the tree is on there often. And so we have um, what we call tree protection services. So it's like our security. Oh, my God. And one is holding Listerine. Um, It's like, you know, we have these rules. So you're not supposed to actually brush your teeth 
the day before because when you brush your teeth, you cause small mites. The tree doesn't brush the teeth or anybody who's going to kiss the tree? No, the tree is like, this is rules that the tree has passed down. But health-wise, if you brush your teeth, you're causing small microabrasions on your gums. And so you're more likely to transmit infections or get infections. Like you're not not supposed to floss right before you suck some duke. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, who the fuck flosses before they're going to suck dick? Well, you might- Someone really into dental care. (laughs) Yeah, like you floss before you go to bed. You brush your floss teeth before floss. you suck a dick. Okay, okay. See, I would floss after the dick sucking because it's like because you got stuff in there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we have these like tree security. One person's holding a listerine. One person's holding a counter to count how Whoa. many people. You can. I, I wrote an article. So how listerine. many did you kiss? Can oh we- my gosh! Let's take number. What do you guys think? Well, this counts. Oh, it's like this guess? counts cheek kisses, pecs, and makeouts. Oh, oh! Even with oh, cheek don't kisses. shame my different types of kisses. <laughs> I mean, I'm not shaming. I'm just like unenthused. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what do you think the number is? Nine hundred eighty-three. Wow, you overestimate me. Thank you. Thirty. <laughs> These are a wide range. Yeah. Five fifty-five. What? I was closer. Whoa, that's amazing. 555. 555. That's how you strengthen your immune system. I still have people today that I, that I meet from Stanford that are like, we made out at full moon on the quad. And I'm like, yeah, oh you God, and 500 other people, bro. So um, what percentage of that were makeouts? I wish I could have some clarity, but it was a, it was a whirlwind. <laughs> wow. A whirlwind of tongues and yeah. lips and cheeks. Sounds like a great night. But it's like everyone participates in this night. And it's like there's no shame. It's like you are encouraged to make out with as many people as possible. I was in the theater program at Florida State University. Theater kids. Theater Ah, kids are the best and the worst and the best. They have orgies to like spring awakening. Like band (laughs) camp. Go ahead. I may not. I can't confirm nor deny this rumor. Uh, But we used to play spin the bottle and everybody was game. So even if a straight dude landed with a straight dude, you just had to make out. Or if it was a little ambiguous and if it was between two people, then like three of you had to make out, which Mm. eventually would turn into like six of you making out. I should have done theater. Oh, yeah. Best decision of my life. (laughs) So knowing all these things. Wait, I want to hear about the spin the bottle thing. Oh, okay. I want to hear about your record. Uh, Oh, uh, probably not more than like, I don't know, 10 per night. But then here's the thing. So I would get called a slut in school, but I would have, not actually after school, as a young adult in her early 20s, let's say I had sex with five different people in a year, but I only had sex five occasions that year. I would get called a slut, whereas someone else is maybe potentially having sexual intercourse 600 times that year with one person. So technically, if you were to measure who was being more sexual, the person in the relationship yeah. was fucking twice a day with yeah. her boyfriend. I only fucked five times in the whole year, but it happened but to be five partners. But it's quantity of partners. So like, how do you measure sexuality? Well, it's because we, we have this like idea that like you're giving something away when you have a new partner. Like every new partner is like making you a little dirtier. Oh gosh, exactly. and there was that like somewhat incorrect study of how every person you sleep with leaves their DNA in you. Did you see that? That's why I only sleep with the smartest people. <laughs> I want to accumulate the best DNA. You're just like energy vampire. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little Asian so, now. So, I'm a little black. I'm a little everything. I, I don't want to quote this un- incorrectly. Oh, you're a lot black at this point. Thank but you. it was saying, there was some article out there that was saying that like sperm can stay in there. And so the DNA like remains in your body and even goes up like into your brain, like behind your eyelids or something crazy what? like this. So, and that like was encouraging people to like not have 
like that a multiplicity of partners made you have more different Honestly, types of I can't DNA. remember. Like, multiplicity of partners just makes you a better fucking no, lover. No, but it was End saying story. I agreed, but it was saying that like you can't or at least it, it was saying like a woman can't have sex with a man without like a part of herself being replaced. That's by like his giving DNA. someone it, that's what I was taking from it, but everyone should go find the article Look. and, and well, see well, what I, you think. We'll put it in the show notes. If I give yeah. you my hand and we do a handshake and then we do a handshake and then we do a handshake. It's not like there's a little bit l- less of my hand left after every handshake. There's there not. might be germs. <laughs> That's what you use antibacterial hand wipe for. Boom. Exactly. Boom. <laughs> and you're deciding to take on that risk because she, you want to have a human connection. Yeah, but you don't yeah. have any less of your hand. Exactly. There's something that just came to mind with what we were talking about and like how we just kind of all agree that like multiplicity of partners makes you a better lover. And that kind of brings me to the flip side of this argument where we are all sick of being slut-shamed because um, we're all sick of being slut-shamed because we are sexually active people. But I also think there's an element of, like, prude-shaming and, like, oh, Mm. you've only had sex with the guy you started dating in high school. And virgin-shaming. And, and, like, virgin-shaming. There's no win. And, like— And I think that's a defense mechanism by women who've had a lot of sex— who are just defensive about their sex. I quoted this in a video I did in my YouTube Staying on Top series, and it talks about um, just how people view virgins, especially those who wait longer. Um, And it was saying that even folks who are, I mean, virgin is such a societally created term in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. but quote unquote virgin, that even folks who are virgins view other folks with sexual inexperience as less desirable partners. Well, I do think, think it makes you a less desirable partner because you just don't have as much experience with technique. Like, do I want a masseuse who's never given a massage before or a masseuse who's been practicing for years? On like tons of different bodies versus who only has ever massaged one person. But that's like that shitty thing for like people trying to get a job. It's like you can't get a job unless you've had experience, but you can't get like... You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like you sure. can't have like on you all You need experience to get a job, but you can't get a job ads, without experience. Right. And all Craigslist ads for like waiting tables in New York. It says must have New York experience. Yeah. But how do you get the experience right. without the experience? But I, yeah, I just don't know. Like when two underexperienced f- people fuck. Uh-huh. True. Yeah. But but so you lost your virginity. I also trying to no longer talk about <laughs> Oops, losing I virginity. Lost it. I dropped it and it's, right. it's gone. <laughs> I'm trying to no longer say lost my virginity. I'm trying to say first sexual partner sure. because I think that like that feeds into the whole like yeah. you're giving something of yourself yeah. away. Or which virginity, is, the very concept of virginity. Like that's just not I was a hypersexual thing. before and after. It's like why is like this one con- and first of all, virginity is super linked to like penetrative penis and vagina sex. Which I is like saying just first one type of sex. first consensual intimacy. Ooh. Because there's a lot of folks out there who have experienced unwanted, Initial. non-consensual sexual trauma and sexual abuse. Mm. And a lot of those folks say, like, I feel like I will never get to experience my first time mm. on my own terms. But mm-hmm. trying to correct that and say, you Definitely. can still have your first time on your own terms. And that doesn't take away from this. Right. Because your first time, like, the 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 momentousness, if there even is. For some people, it's, like, not a big deal. But if you do want, like, a momentous first time of something— if you do want a momentous, momentous. First time of, if you do want a momentous first time of something, like it really will be like the first time that you are having like a consensual intimate mm-hmm. moment, mm-hmm. Um, which is really interesting. But you were going to bring something. I up. was going. Oh right. So you had not had any consensually intimate moments prior to the age of twenty, um, and yet you were also called a slut. But were you also virgin shamed, or did people just not know that about you? I was not virgin shamed. It was not a thing that occurred in the Cuban culture. 
or mm. in the Latin culture. But about in college? No, not virgin shamed. No. Interesting. More like no one believed I was a virgin given my behavior. Because you were such a skank Which was such an insult. Like my behavior was very sexually open. I was very transparent. I was very honest about my instincts. So for you to accuse me of being insincere when the evidence you actually have is that I'm unabashedly honest in terms of my instincts, including my sexual instincts, then it was just, uh, it was just insulting. But it's like that honesty is synonymous with you doing it. Uh, to them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess if you're flirty and sexual, then it must mean that you've fucked. And then when you started banging, did you make up for the last time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you had your first consensually intimate sexual experience? I like this. Consensually intimate sexual experience. A size. Your first size. Wait, wait what's the acronym to that? Size. Sis. Oh, wait. Is it? <laughs> consensually Sorry, intimate sexual experience. Size. Oh, size. Kai's. Size. Whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, if you have a good acronym for what we're talking about, send it our way and maybe yeah. we can maybe we can <laughs> make a new term. <laughs> um, I was 17 during my first penetrative penile vaginal sexual experience. Yeah, there's now there's like so many layers. Like the first But I, there was a lot of other stuff before that. Yeah, I remember the first time <laughs> I got felt up, it was so amazing. I love being felt up. Like I would if felt I could up as in your boobs? Like my boobs. Like okay. I, if I could just like have like and someone, she feels herself. Yeah, I'm just like I'm, I just love it. I just really love it. And I remember very vividly because it was in seventh grade and I was twelve and it was during Starsky and Hutch. The movie? Oh. The movie. <laughs> Can I touch great. your boobs? Yep. They're so supple. What a, what a great consensual oh, God, Thank you. Miriam thank also you. has really great boobs. Oh, thank you. I'm like a little sad over also, here. Also, Nicoletta has amazing tits, too. We're just like bring a little hard for it. No, it's just hard because there's all these mics in front of us, so it's hard to navigate. Yeah, yeah Nicoletta's tits are awesome. <laughs> this is the Sorry stereotype of what do girls do when they hang out? We pillow fight <laughs> and we touch each other's boobs, which is sometimes we do actually do do We those. actually do do. Miriam's birthday this year was like one of the best things I've ever done, and it was a sleepover. Miriam had a sleepover party where she invited five women and she fucking like made like a pillow fucking fort for us and we had snacks and games and like just like shared secrets and stories and until lots like of so sexual wonderful. secrets like what vegetables you had penetrated yourself with Ooh, I have not ever done that and have you seen have the sex toys that are shaped like vegetables I mean aren't they all shaped like vegetables <laughs> no like they- <laughs> <laughs> Truth, but they are like like a summer squash, but it's actually a vibrator, but really? looks like a summer squash. I know who we can get one of those for. Yes, <laughs> one of the girls that was at our no, sleepover. but it was like it was but, like one of the greatest things to like be with other women who are open women. about the things that they do, but also open about the things that they don't know about when it comes to their own bodies. And it term it turned out that out of five grown ass women at this sleepover, no one knew where our pee came from. <laughs> So we all took. I time. did. <laughs> I we, told you it we, comes from your urethra. Oh no, maybe I was wrong. I, I was wrong. I get. Sorry. Go ahead. Tell the story. We all took turns peeing in the toilet, <laughs> pants down, <laughs> while the rest of us stare and would ask the peer, "Move your clit a little more north, so I could see where it's coming from." Oh no one had my any God. clue. We, we took all pictures shocked. so the other person could see where their pee yeah, was coming from. Yeah, we took video so that the peer could then see what it looked like. So when do you all want to have another sleepover? It's I mean, called the sleepover club, and I think you have an invitation. Yeah, standing invite. And yeah. also, we can do the peeing part now as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> I, want, I want to pee for you guys. <laughs> that is an interesting thing, right? That we like. Like we're grown-ass women and we like still don't know where all of our body parts are. I mean, are. dicks are just so much easier. I mean, but it's also that we have just like weird thing about like talking about 
all of the complexities of the vulva because we just don't really address them in like biology class, which is kind of weird. Yeah, there's but a lot who's going in on biology there. class in their 20s or 30s. No, you're supposed to fucking do it when you're in like sixth grade. Like you should know I feel these like things. I took the class, but by the way, everything I do know about pussy and everything I know about dick, which is a lot, I did not learn in biology class. Uh-huh. All of it was reproduction focused, not pleasure focused. Yeah. Also that. Do you think that we should include pleasure education in Absolutely. sex ed? Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you? I don't know. I guess why not? I think so. Why not too? I think once we like Actually, talk about pleasure as a part of like what bodies do. I think that's kind of a way to get at the slut shaming thing. It's like your body is designed to feel pleasure, so there is no sure. shame in that. But even that for, might be a way to get at the root of the problem. Even for folks at the beginning. who want to wait until marriage, or whose religious or faith based or spiritual beliefs, you know, prevent them from having premarital sexual encounters. Like I'm not against that. I have so many clients who are religious, but. There's this worry, I think, that in teaching it, people will not be able to manage that or be more sexual or, you know, but studies don't show that at all. Also, everyone touches themselves. Right. There is a case. I think there's a case to be made because a lot of people who have never been taught about the pleasure parts of their bodies never touch themselves. Right. And then cannot communicate with their partners what feels good to them. And so I, and, and, but a lot of people doesn't even occur to ask somebody like, or, or to do the research because they just don't know. And so I think that if you presented pleasure as part of our bodily functions in an academic sense as in like middle school, mm-hmm. as opposed to taboo, then it would really encourage people yeah, to have it's not like it's not happening. Well, here, here's a good example. Like I've had clients who are very religious, whether that's Christian or Orthodox Jewish or whatever. And so being taught about sex and intimacy and pleasure or whatever, that it's no, 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 no. Wait until marriage. Like it's a shameful thing. And then... A lot of folks, at least in maybe some of the newer renditions of religion, that after they get married, that that is it is okay to have a pleasurable, intimate, oh godly connection with your partner. Remember when we ran into the Orthodox Jewish couple at porn right. star karaoke? But if you've been taught for that many years, it's not okay, it's not okay, there's no pleasure, it's this. And then you get in the relationship and you get married or whatever, and then you're expected to know how to connect with your partner. And right. that you're supposed to like— And you have no fucking resources. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's really true. I do wonder, I would love to speak to people who grew up religiously and saved themselves for their partners, and I would really love to know about your initial sexual experiences. So if that is you, you please should, let us know. You all should check out my friend. Um, her name is Brittany Brodus, um, and she has a company called The Intimacy Firm. She's on the East Coast, um, but she uh, is the wife of a deacon and is a Christian woman, um, but also talks about how to have godly, pleasurable mm. uh, sexual relationships in your marriage. I know when I'm fucking, there's a lot of oh my God in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think something we should also normalize in sex education is uh, bi or homosexual instincts. I was attracted to women since I was attracted to anybody. Like I'm mostly hetero, but I've certainly had experiences with women. And I remember in sex education class in either middle school or high school, they made us watch this you know, one of those made-for-school films where— Like the really old-school shitty ones. Super old-school <laughs> that were filmed in, like, the late 70s, and you're watching it 15 years later. <laughs> and uh, the narrator is saying, sometimes in your adolescence, you'll discover that you feel an attraction to even someone of your own gender. And you see this student creeping in a parking lot at another girl. And so I went up to my teacher after class, and I said, hey, what was that referring to? Because like, wait, they just like dropped that info in there and like didn't explain like, and that's okay or very they, common. They just said they just this said might it was. Happen. They, they said it was common. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's so kind of I asked, positive. So I asked my teacher, did they mean a sexual attraction? And my teacher said, no, no, no. It just means that as you're an adolescent, you might become curious about people that are older than you because you uh, like admire them. But no, it wasn't referring to sexuality. Well, that is a spin on Exactly. Well, but that's the trouble because most of these folks teaching and following up on the videos don't have the proper training and classes. I had no one in my life tell me that it was okay to have these instincts. So it was this huge phobia that I harbored for the first 20 years of my life. And the one moment where I had an educational resource that was validating me and telling me it was okay. What was it? That 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 video. As soon as I was done watching it, the teacher, you know, shut it down. Shut it down. So I spent many years telling myself that I was going to take the secret to the grave, and I was never going to explore that part of my sexuality, and that no one could ever know. Like, oh, it's just your hormones. What allowed you? you. I knew it wasn't my hormones. I I was. (laughs) But that's kind of what the teacher was saying. Like, oh, it's just hormones are coming up, so you're going to be curious. But what made you? It'll pass. What made me to then to then be like, actually, I'm going to figure this out. College. (laughs) <laughs> where we all make like, out with you met, everybody. <laughs> but like where you met like the other queer people or I don't know if you use the word queer, but. Um, there's this fetish of girl on girl that exists in American culture that I don't think exists in Hispanic culture. And so when I got to college and it, that's I, I certainly, I suddenly learned that at least it was okay for females to explore with females even if it was in the context of it being a show for men, yeah, unfortunately. I know I'm guilty of that. Yeah. I made out on tables for free drinks, like same. <laughs> so weird, yeah. So weird. like it's like we hate that's that a that's a thing. Experience. That's a yeah. shared experience. It's like we hate that it's a thing, but then we've also used it to our advantage. But it's the only option we had. Like in my case, it was either you can't explore women because it's just wrong. Or you explore them as a performance for men, for men, and then it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> Fuck. The shit we go through, ladies. It's crazy fucking shit. I um want to talk just a tiny bit more about, because uh, this is kind of what we talk about with all of our guests, is you mentioned that like man who assumed that you were um, attracted to him and like rebuff and when you rebuffed him, he was like, well, you've been leaving me on. Because you laughed at his jokes. But like, yeah. So you, but aside from laughing at people's jokes, like you're also like a pretty sexual being, I would say. You're even sexual, like or relatively sexual, or allude to the fact that like you're okay with having sex, like on your Instagram, which is like pretty big. And I'm curious if you've how ever, how how have I done it on my Instagram? Um, in like the, the BDSM stuff. Oh, true. Okay. Just like acknowledging, right. <laughs> just like, igno- like at at Burning Man, like Miriam did a, a shibari class and posted a picture of that. And so like that's not even like a that's not like saying like I practice rope bondage, but you were just like okay with acknowledging this. Totally. It's a sex thing that I explored. Yeah. And like, it wasn't even necessarily sexual for you. That and doesn't I mean make it's it, an invitation. And I want to make it normal for my followers because many of them are in Latin America. So I know the world that they're growing up in. It, awesome. And so I want to know if you've gotten shamed for anything kind of in that like sexual realm, either by your followers or just like professionally in general. Like, are there times where you felt judged professionally, which in your case also includes your followers, I would say, for like your sexual being or your comfort with person. talking about sex? To be honest, the main thing I've gotten shamed for is not having big boobs. Wow. <laughs> that's that's interesting. The main one. Like, what do you mean? Not so much sexual behavior. But look, it's another, I feel like it's another catch 22. If they're too right. quote unquote small, 
you get shame for that. And if they're too big, it's like, well, she's then you're a slut. A slut. <laughs> like I have a, a file of my background check and it's 18 pages long. And I would say Whoa. 17 pages of my 18 page background check. And by the way, I've never been arrested. I've never done anything. Wait, why is your background check so big? Because any comment that's ever been made about me that included a curse word or like a, some sort of sex it's term all there. is all there. And it's basically 17 pages of people telling me that I'm not hot enough because my boobs aren't big enough. Yeah. Wow. So this is I why I normally no words. Right? So I normally don't read the comments on these posts. I post it and then you do with it what you will if you want to hate how me do for you, it. Um, how do you get past that? How do you not take that? When I realized I was a woman in her early 30s crying over a 14-year-old's comment in like Kansas City, I was just like, all right, girl, if you can't handle this, if you're giving them that much power, you just need to not read those comments. So that's how I handle it. I just don't read it. I don't want it to enter my psyche. It's just toxic. Good advice. Yeah. For any influencers and social media folks out there. I think anybody on like the internet can- Like so basically anyone today. Like anybody can like be called- Fucked up shit on well, the Well, it's so easy anyone. to be mean behind a computer screen. Exactly. Yeah. My family's judged me for some of my posts. Yeah. And they've asked me to not express my sexuality. And I've told them I won't. Uh, I you won't will, stop? Uh, I, I will not stop. I don't want to ever... Um, I don't want to conceal something that I'm not ashamed of. Exactly. Like, I don't yeah. want to reinforce the shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, I'm just, like, scrolling through your Insta feed right now, and I'm just, like, seeing that, like, beautiful picture of you at Burning Man Thank where you're, you. you're naked. And we, like— At Miriam underscore Issa. <laughs> no, we're going to get all your stuff. Um, but it's, it's, like, also just kind of taking away the inherent or the society's automatic attachment of sexuality to nudity as, like, mm-hmm. a whole other thing as Free well. Free the nipple. But yeah. yeah, because, like, it's not— it's not a sex thing. And that's what I found, that, to come full circle back to slut walk, that's what I found to be kind of a head fuck, right? Is that we're dressing and revealing clothing, or some of us, uh, saying that that doesn't mean that we're asking for it, but also recognizing that dressing in that clothing is sexual. And the way that I recognize, mm. reconciled it is that, like, you are the person who is going to determine if you are behaving in a sexual way. Like, I can be wearing my underwear and be, like, be, like eating white fish out of like the container with like, like a, da- a daily thing this was yesterday <laughs> yeah. or I can be in my underwear like being sexy getting ready to, you know get my pussy eaten and it's just like still eating white fish it's <laughs> <laughs> like give me lots well, of chicken liver it was just Yom Kippur I got my Jewish leftovers whatever <laughs> one time you came over and you were like try this chicken liver and white fish and I was like Okay, it was not chicken liver white fish. I made chopped liver, and I made you eat it, and it was fucking delicious. Yeah, it was pretty good. But so, to come back to the whole thing, like, about sexualizing nudity, but we're sexualizing ourselves by acknowledging that we're wearing, quote-unquote, slutty clothing. I don't know. It's just things that I'm still unpacking. Well, I think it's okay to sexualize yourself, and that doesn't mean that you're inviting sexual contact. So, like, Mm -hmm. you could walk around in pasties and fishnets. That doesn't mean you can can touch me. Of course not. And I think that's the part we want to be clear about. So, then I heard this conversation at Burning Man— was I was talking about this with you, where someone was like, I don't understand why consent is the 11th principle. Like, I don't get it. Like, obviously, if I'm walking around in fishnets and pasties, like, I want you to touch me. But that's you. But that's you. Right. And I was like, this is actually why we need the 11th principle, because you just assumed that what works for you is what must work for everyone exactly. else. And for folks out there who don't know, what is the 11th principle? Consent. 
consent. So, so Burning Man has 10 principles, which are communal effort, radical inclusion, radical self-reliance, radical self-expression, civic responsibility, leave no trace. I'm forgetting probably four right now. But there's 10 principles that kind of came up in the early aughts. And then the 11th principle is consent because Burning Man can be a very sexually charged place and they really want to make it as safe and consent-focused yeah. as And it's possible. hot out there. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're just or a very naked place. Yeah. Very naked. But the naked and the sexuality does not necessarily overlap, and that's such an interesting discovery there. Yeah. So as we sadly prepare to conclude, wrapping up to <laughs> to wrapping up to wrap up this conversation, um, what can we like? What do we do with this information? I mean, I know it's not a quick, easy fix where we can be like, do these things on the list. But do any of us have any like? advice for our listeners about what we can do to to talk about this slut word, to talk about slut shaming, like what can folks do? I would 100% challenge anybody, not necessarily in an aggressive way, but I think it's really important when we have conversations with people who refer to other people as sluts in a derogatory way to be like, "Huh, what's derogatory?" I think and I think that can be yeah, from like why, why are you like why are you using that word and then they're going to be like because she's having sex with all these people and then you're like, "Well, why is that wrong?" Mm-hmm. And I think you can have. I think that's a really important conversation to have. Mine would be to take your sexual temperature, meaning like thermometer in your puss. <laughs> no, we're not checking for like you know. Are you ovulating? Ovulating. <laughs> um, what I mean by that is like have a conversation with yourself or write about like how did you learn about these terms? How did you learn about sex? Talk, you know, get talk about some of your own sexual and intimate experiences? How did your parents talk to you about sex? What are the things that you learned? And how has this shaped the outlook and the view that you have on things like this word? Like have a dialogue with yourself about, yeah, how you view sex and sexuality for yourself and for other people. What about you, Mir? Mm, Well, definitely abolishing the word slut from your vocabulary if you think- Just like expunge it. Well, if you think that the listener might not know which version of the word that you mean- Mm. What was the little acronym you did earlier when we were doing sound check? <laughs> S is for stupid and L is for leave it behind you. U is for ugh and T is for, and then I couldn't think of a word, so I just said titty. T <laughs> <laughs> is for titty. So you're going to make um, another point if you wanted to. Uh, if you liked that song and you want to hear us record a full demo... Donate to our Patreon. <laughs> I don't think we have a Patreon. No, but, no. No, but you so, know, subscribe, you know what? leave a review. Instead of disparaging other women by calling them sluts, I think it's so incredibly powerful when women empower other women's sexuality. Mm-hmm. So if you see a woman being shamelessly, unabashedly sexual at the club or wherever with more than one guy commenting to someone else, look at her being super sexual. Good for her. But doesn't that come back to the whole, like, we shouldn't be proud of it, though? Because it should just be like, wouldn't that be like someone eating a burger and be like, good for her eating a burger? But I think if you were eating a burger in a room with people who, like, I don't know, fashion designers who didn't believe that any woman should ever be over a size zero, Mm -hmm. then like, fuck yeah, eat a fucking burger. Uh You know what I mean? Yeah. So, ah, I don't know. So good. Maybe challenge your families, challenge people in your generation. Well, Not thank you so, so much for joining us. This was such a treat. and This was amazing. I'm and so glad me. that uh, Simone brought you into our life. Aww. Aww. And I know all of our listeners want to find you on social media. So how do they do that? You can follow me. How can we me. stalk your small tit pictures? 
<laughs> Let me know what you think of my small tits. Uh, I love them. I can tell you that right you. now. Thank <laughs> you. I love both of yours. Um, two of mine can fit in half of yours. Anyway, um, <laughs> at Miriam Isa on Twitter, at Miriam underscore Isa on Instagram, M-I-R-I-A-M-I-S-A. And when she has a name for her new podcast, we will be sure to let y'all know. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening and tuning in this week. Again, if you want to follow us, have a question, have a rant, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Sluts Scholars because we ran out of room. And on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars. You can also email us at Sluts and Scholars at Gmail. Thanks for listening and we will talk to you next time. Bye.